podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash fmlfpl. We're through the pileup. We're on to a new half of the season, new world, new pod schedule. What's going on? Monday morning pod in right now. Feels feels good. Um, really strange to have a worthless weekend of FA Cup. Might as well have been an international break, but we march on. Yeah, a new pod schedule. We'll be doing Monday mornings, but if there's a Monday match, we'll do Tuesday morning. So, you know, give or take. A half a day earlier or later than it used to be. It shouldn't affect things too much for you guys. So, And if it does, I'm sure we'll hear about it from you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we're both on greens. That's cool. Yeah, greens are good. I've, getting a green arrow is always a good thing. I'm, I got 67 points. I'm knocking on the door of a five-digit rank finally. feel like I can push on. Um, the It was so disappointing because after the, after the Spurs game, after Tuesday... I had like 24 cane, 13 sun, one D, and I was just flying huge green arrow only from three. And then on Saturday, when the rest of my team played, I had, I had one clean and five blanks or something, and it was just a nightmare. But this, I have Sané and Sterling, so that goal was an 11-pointer for me, and it put me up into a good good week. So feeling good. I'm glad I held Sané. Obviously, that goal was just everything, and people are starting to talk about getting him back in. Eh. After everyone was shipping him and stuff, so I mean, team feels like it's in good shape. So that's where I'm at. What, what about you? Yeah, I had the sun points too. My cane to OBS was like a net loss of six, I guess. Six. Yeah, because yeah. he didn't get bones. Fucking idiot. He should have had like a hat trick. It's annoying. But Rashford came through. Alonzo in the eight pointer, sixty five. Also like a thirty k green. Feels good. Like feels. Uh, we're kind of hitting our fucking stride. Like the main thing I'm like starting to take away from week on week is that we're starting to really hit the analysis of how we're expecting games to go. Like we were both very much in on Arsenal being and Obs being the best cap, which he was. I mean, they scored four. Oh my and god, his numbers he, were ridiculous. Yeah, his numbers were ridiculous. But you know, Kane obviously outscored him with the goal assist, Max Babs, but. You know the Spurs game was very strange. They kind of just shut it down second half and and stopped stopped going. But yeah, I think it's things are good. Life's going okay in this moment. So we'll see if it, we'll see <laughs> if it continues. We have like less shit to talk about when we we're going well. You realize that? Like we're, yeah. when things go well, we're just like yeah, like we kind of talked about this last week and it came through. And when things go badly, it's just like we need to like fully dive in and figure out what the fuck is happening and what's going on. Yeah, so I mean, we have a good amount of talking points. So why don't you get housekeeping out? Yeah, so housekeeping. Let me start with the cup, um, FML Fail Cup is going to start not this game week, but game week twenty three for all of our Patreons. It's patreon.com slash fmlfl. We'll send out like Patreon email slash message to everyone. Have like a form thing where you fill out your team name, your team ID, your email, that kind of shit. Group stages will start, Game Week 23. It's going to be fantastic. Big prize at the end. Uh, we got a lot of sign-ups this week. I'm sure we'll get a lot more 
everyone should get in there. It's really fun. Yeah, it's sort of it's going to be similar to kind of a World Cup, four teams in a group, and then two teams come out, and then it goes into a huge tournament style knockout round. Um, also important to note, obviously our highest tier patron, four dollars and eighty cents or whatever it is, breaks <laughs> the bank. But um, any any patrons eligible if you're a dollar yes, fifty yes. or whatever subscriber, so every, everyone will get that email. So just make sure you keep an eye out because last year we were manually going through each team and. Making a huge list, and that was just—I think it took about eight hours or ten hours to do that. So we're going to rely on you guys to send us uh, send us your team IDs. So make sure you keep an eye out for that email from Patreon. It should be coming in the next week or so. Yeah, exactly. Good, yeah. good call by you. Um, how many people were in the tournament bracket part last year? It was like a hundred twenty-eight. Yeah, I think we had about. We had about two fifty or something in the total thing, and then it got down to like one twenty. I think we had to get a few extras just to make the numbers work, but yeah, because it has to be like divisible by eight or sixty four or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. something like that. So it'll be it'll be a good amount, but yeah, and it's going to be a totally total randomization into the group stage. So just before people start screaming at us about that, that's how we're doing it. (laughs) It's going to be great. Um, Shout out to FML Field Prize League Mug League leader for January so far, Matt Shannon, a.k.a. Nacho Nacho Man, kicks off 2019 with a 90-pointer. Fucking massive. Uh, Shout out to Goal Scorers Challenge League leader so far, still Scotty holding it down. And FML Field Public League, same same as always, same as it ever was. Pajolski, legend. Captain, leader, legend. Um, cool, let's go on. Okay. So where do you want to kick off here? Um, I, I mean, anything from the game specifically that were kind of surprising or, or takeaways? I mean, we kind of expected the Man City-Liverpool to be kind of cagey and tight, which it was. I don't think we really got much out of that game yeah. for a fantasy perspective, but... You know, there were some surprising results. I mean, Palace going to Wolves and winning two 0 was to that me was, was shock was shocking. <laughs> you transferred in Bennett, I transferred in Johnny, and we're both sitting here with two zeros in our team. Uh-oh. So that was very surprising. Clearly, didn't didn't want the points. No, 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 didn't want the points. Um, I thought that maybe Manchester United was interesting. I mean, they're they're interesting every week because every week is feels like a significant data point for. New team, new formation, like all this shit. But I don't know. Toolsy wrote in on Slack: Is Paul really better than the Glove Merchant? And I think Paul is just an interesting place to start because our evaluation on him has changed every single week. And he didn't really get in the box, and he had the one open net chance, but didn't really like do much other than that. And I, I don't know. It feels like to me, I've been saying since the start that I'm really happy to own Rashford and. I feel like Rashford kind of put the marker down that like he's probably the best asset to own. Yeah, I agree completely with Rashford, but it's not fair to compare the forward to the midfield spot. So, I right. mean, in terms of the Paul versus Martial, I I still do think Paul's better. I mean, whether or not he's at now that he's one point one million more expensive, if he's that much better, I and Martial still carries that question mark over you know Alexis getting back fit, Lukaku fit. Like, is he going to drop out? Is he going to be rotated? Which is very valid. And yeah, you know he got those, subbed early. I guess, in yeah, he got subbed early. And you know, with Paul, he's playing ninety every game. He's never going to miss a game unless he gets injured. So I do, I do prefer Paul, but I don't think that's worth a transfer at this point. But I have Martial on my team, and it's an extremely short lease. If if he misses one game, I'll probably look to move him immediately. 
just because at that position in my team, I can't afford someone who's not going to, who I can't rely on to start. Um, but I, I just think it's kind of a hold and kind of a wait and see. Obviously, Marshall is not at his best at Newcastle, but as you mentioned, I mean, Paul went back to kind of old Paul. He didn't make those runs in the box. He scored his brace the game before with both like six yard goals and he wasn't in there at all. His stats were just shots from distance and, and whatever. So I think it's, it's, it's still a hold with confidence if you have Paul and, uh, but but at the beginning, you know, Rashford Rashford definitely did put the marker down. I mean, his price, he's in and around everything. He's just buzzing. He's the danger man when you watch him play. I he mean, really he's is, just yeah. yeah, he's going he's like completely free roll. He's going wherever he wants to go and he's uh he's putting together some big scores. So I mean Rashford definitely looked I I've been definitely bummed that I haven't had him in the last couple games and he's someone I'm looking to try and figure out a way to put in, but yeah, I think Rashford. Yeah, it seems in. like he's very, very clearly the best non-premium forward in the game. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I just, like I don't think anyone's close really. And then I, I think I also do want to touch on Chelsea. I mean, nil-nil Southampton. It's just yeah, that uh, was a shocker. Yeah, we've been talking about oh, sort of a shocker. <laughs> yeah, sort of a shocker. I mean, we've been talking about how bad Chelsea attack has looked for about a month. Yeah, and. There's no really legitimately no reason to believe that's going to change pending what they do in the January transfer window because they have the same personnel. He doesn't rotate. Yes, the players are getting more familiar with the system, but yes, the players are also have to be getting a bit more tired. I mean, it's not like a chill vibe system where they're jogging a lot. I mean, they, they you know that's a, that's a high intensity of ninety minutes and. Outside of Hazard, they just don't have any. Especially with Pedro out, they just don't have anything that really concerns the defense. I mean, you stop Hazard, and where are the goals coming from? They don't come. You see, they get nil nil against Southampton. Southampton have been fucking disgusting defense since Halson Holtal has, has got gotten there. So, I mean, Captain Hazard, we're not going to waste time on that. We, you, our thoughts are, or you can listen to hours of the thoughts on that. But <laughs> for I just, seasons it, worth of that. It, it, it's just at the point where you know Hazard's the type of player we always talk about. You know, you hold for the long term and blah blah blah, but. We're going to move on to talking about how to get Mo in. And when you're stacking Hazard up against the other premium assets, I just don't see any world or any real argument that I could buy into where you want to keep Hazard over a player like Aubameyang or Kane. What do you think? I think I agree with that. And I would go even a step further. And you mentioned to me just now before we started potting is like he's sort of similar to Sane also. Like Sane has the huge upside. He's obviously like less nailed. He's not the main man, et cetera. But he's also. What two million cheaper? I'd so yeah. much rather have Sané than Hazard. If I'm, if you're talking about like distribution of funds and where I want my premium assets and where I want my captain options, I mean, yeah, Obs and Kane are clearly the main man on much better attacking teams, and yeah, I, I totally agree there. Yeah, and it also now that we're going to be looking at a fairly decently long period of time of captaining Mo. It does make Hazard slightly more attractive because you can spend the money on that spot and not need to worry about captaining it because you'll have Mo as well if if you have the pair, for example, which mm-hmm. which is a nice thing. But I mean, if you're buying into just Has ticking along and just not like really worrying about that spot, I mean, that's okay. It's if fine. Your team's, of course, if you're, yeah, it's fine. He's still Hazard. He's still a great player. He's still going to get points. He gets so many bonus points every return. Things like that, but. You know, it also goes goes to the team like you're mentioning on Sané. They can score five against any team in the division. Chelsea, in no world of life, are they putting five past anyone? They can't score yeah, one goal like, against Southampton. Like, I feel like it's like twice a season. Morata will have like a brace or a hat trick or something. That's those are the games they score four or five. 
And other other than that, it's, it just doesn't really happen at all. It, yeah, it feels so like I, it requires luck or something. Like Conte scores and Alonso scores a free kick. It's like a pile up of low percentage events versus just like tilting the field one way. Like I mean, even Spurs and Arsenal have shown that they can do it outside of City and Liverpool. So yeah, yeah, I I agree with you there, but. Alonso is an interesting talk too. I wonder what your thoughts are. I know you haven't had him all season because I'm in this position where two-ish weeks ago where I started forming my plan to get Mo back, part of it was probably going to be Son and Alonso out this week. But I knew that I would it would come down to a point where I'm comparing Alonso to my other like seven-ish million assets, which for me are Richarlison and Felipe Anderson, or not just me, probably a lot of people. He he still feels better <laughs> than either of them to me. And I'm just wondering what I'm doing, Getting if I'm going to get rid of Alonso, it feels a lot worse than maybe waiting a week and getting rid of uh, Felipe Anderson or Rich. I was wondering yeah. what so, you think there. I mean, I don't see it the same way. I mean, comparing them because they're the same price makes sense, but... When you're looking at for your position, if you need to release money for Mo and a Mo upgrade or something like that, the real comparison needs to be who are you downgrading the player to? No, and of course, you have, of course. Yeah. You, but that's like when you have players like Trent, who's almost two. You're almost freeing up two million there. There's no one you downgrade your seven seven X midfielder down to who's really good. I mean, I brought Jerry D in this week. He's kind of you know what, what any points I get from there. I feel like yeah, he's really fine, it's just kind of but, lucky, yeah. but. Yeah, he's, but but that's that's the main thing to me is that there's yeah, yeah, yeah. there's so I mean even like Kalasinac keeps fucking returning. I mean obviously they don't keep any cleans, but there are so many five million defenders who are fine, really good. Al- yeah. Alonso, we've talked. The main thing that that yes, Alonso has been ticking his life away, but he hasn't gotten an attacking routine since game week eleven, which is absurd. And I think you hit it really well. The fact that they don't have a target man anytime he bombs down the left, there's nowhere for yeah. him to put the ball. So. I mean, obviously he's hit the post a couple of times, but he hits the post a few times every fucking season. But it's also just fucking... the cleans. It's the it's always been the abstract thing to consider a clean a return, but they are, and he has eighteen returns in the season. Yeah, with clean, you yeah, know, which just, yeah, which in that in that context, I still think he's an absolutely fine hold. He's definitely not yeah, a major yeah, yeah, transfer, yeah. but if you need two million or you need like one point five, I would not downgrade someone like Richarlison to a piece of shit. When I could downgrade Alonzo to Trent, yeah, yeah. So I that think that it's 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 team specific. I mean, if you can hold on to Alonzo, then I think that's very fine. I mean, I've been I've been very surprised with the amount of cleans that Chelsea have kept this season, but they seem to be doing a job there. And I don't I don't really feel like that's going to change too much. I mean, they they have like eleven or something on the season already. So yeah, they're I mean, second in the league. Their defense is sort of weird and hard to evaluate because it's very clear when they're like. Full, fully attacking, full tilt. They can be exposed. Like Alonso, you can get behind Alonso. Louise can do stupid shit against anyone, etc. But at the same time, in the big matches where they've like had to defend, they've been really good. Like against Liverpool and City yeah. are mostly what I'm thinking about, where they just kind of defended and barely attacked. So they were fucking really good. They're still very good defensive players. So. Yeah, it's an interesting one with them, and quietly they have like ten clean sheets on the season. Yeah, yeah, that's a good job. But yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing to bring up. Yeah, Alonso is just fucking causing me problems as usual. Um, where do you want to go from here? Should we talk City a little bit? We got 
some questions. Gilfie Pleasures on Slack. Is Sterling still the pick over Sané, given Mendy's due back in February, or are both assets close to equal? I don't really want to be fucking around with the slot, so maybe Raz is just an easier buy and hold. Jono said, I still have both Sané and Sterling, but I want to sell one of them for Salah this week. Which one? Obviously, it's easier money-wise to sell Raz, blah, blah, blah. But Sané's been keeping pace with him, and Mendy out is just as nailed. And then Toolsy is a time to get Kuhn back. He's the only premium striker I trust. Um, I, I still think Sterling is the number one asset on the team. Uh, nothing has changed. Nothing has happened to change that for me. Um, interesting though about Sane, like I just want to make a general cautionary statement. When I hear like, is it is it okay to get Sane because Mendy's might be back in a month? Is the same statement we've heard. A month ago, is it okay to get Sun when it's a book transfer in the future because he's going to Asia? You got to get the good players, and that should not, absolutely, should not factor into your right. thought process whatsoever. For for one thing, I'm also starting to see similar chatter with like Lovren and Gomez. It's a little premature. Maybe we'll see something with Klopp's presser, but I mean, talking about the spot when you're spending four, four nine, or five million on the defender versus like a, a semi premium spot on midfield are different conversations, but. It's the same kind of thing, you know. We still get a transfer every week, and you must remember this. And if you see a player who you like in the near term, and then there's a speculative other player coming back from injury, I mean, managers lie; they ease players back. Like look at Kevin, for example. Like he's been quote unquote back for four game weeks, and he started like one of them. So, you know, you you got to take those things with a grain of salt, and you got to look at things right now because the season is not seventy game weeks long. You know, you got to find points where you can and. You know, Sane, like you mentioned earlier with Hez, he's he's gonna tick. He's certainly an acceptable pick. He's priced pretty nicely right now. And you know, if City are gonna start scoring some goals and their fixtures are getting a little bit easier, which I expect them to do, I, I think Sane's a good pick. But Kuhn's interesting. I mean, saying Kuhn's the only premium striker you trust, I don't know what kind of statement that is. That's insane. But <laughs> what do you think about Kuhn? Like is that is that too much to put twenty two M into like Sterling and Kuhn, or do you think he's an acceptable player like to get over Obbs or over Kane at this point? I mean, we love Kuhn, and he's going to take and be great. I don't really see a world where I want to spend that much on Sterling and Kuhn over Sterling and Sané, and I, it's hard for me to go Kuhn over Kane or Obbs in this moment. Um, the minutes are still going to be managed. Uh, Champs League is coming back soon. Jesus is still... Lurking. I mean, Kuhn is clearly not 100% fit. Like, by the end of that Liverpool match, he actually could not move. He was just booting the ball away because he couldn't run. Um, yeah, I just, I just, it's hard for me to see him being worth 11 2. You're, you're never going to captain him. He's the third best attacking asset on the team, maybe fourth if Kev starts returning and being really good. Um, and Obbs and Kane are really, really good. I mean, I think Obbs and Kane are, are two of the safest, best assets in the game right now. And they've shown that all season with their consistency. Yeah, and I think the minutes is a, is a good point as well. I mean, you know you're getting 90 out of Obbs and, and Kane, whereas with Kuhn, you know, he, was, he had that spell where he went two months before getting subbed by 70, 65 every game. Yeah, and even more than 90, it's like in a quote-unquote easy fixture, that could be seen as an opportunity to rest Kuhn. Um, you know, with, you know, they're in the fucking Carabao Cup, FA Cup, whatever the fucking Champions League starting soon. Whereas like, Obs, Kane are 
fighting for top four. They're the main man. They're not really like at least Arsenal's not really in a serious other competition. Like they're yeah, he's playing ninety every week. That that's how they will win is relying on Hobbs and Kane just plays. If they're up six nil on the FA Cup, Kane still fucking plays. So he plays. You gotta all, sub. All day. You gotta sub. You gotta sub him on. It I wasn't, mean, for, it wasn't, for the fans. Yeah, it's for the fans. But at the same time, you know, all this said, if you're, you know, if you're like three hundred k and you're looking for a diff, like I'm not gonna drag you through the coals if you want to put Kuhn in and see where it gets you because Kuhn has twenty pointers in him. We've seen that year on year. So that, he's, that is he's also so good. But it's yeah. just. That he obviously has a twenty pointer this season, so I, I this probably sounds dumb, but I the ceiling is not the same if the minutes are gonna be limited and his he's clearly limited by his own physical body. Um then I, I just don't like out of a differential you want more than just like ticking points. Like a differential you wanna get them and have halls and like captaincy halls and so you know, stuff like that. And I don't see that many in Kuhn's future. I mean, they're possible in any match, but he's obviously much better at home. He has been his whole career. His next three homes are home Wolves, home Arsenal, home Chelsea, and two away, two good away fixtures in between that before Champions League starts. And I don't know. I just feel like there are like other places where guys have higher ceilings, and you could you could. Go for differentials in other places. I don't know. What yeah. do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think maybe I'm a little higher on Kuhn than you are. Um, I still think he has the high ceiling. Um, you know, I, has he? I don't think he's had one pen this season. Is that correct? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So I mean, that's very odd. I don't know. Raz doesn't dive anymore, but, but it, yeah, I mean, this is I, obviously swayed a lot by like dead teams. But Kuhn right now is 22 percent owned. And Raz is ten point two percent, and Sane's nine point nine percent, and it's just like I don't. They're better. They're just better. Yeah, no, they're they're better. But I'm talking about Kuhn as a differential instead of having like Kane and Aubameyang. Yeah, I, I I I don't hate it at all. I don't. I wouldn't do it in my team. I wouldn't advise people to do it. But if you're just kind of like, ooh, I like Kuhn. I like Kuhn earlier this season. I want to just get back in there. I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, I guess I feel the same way. I wouldn't do it, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, what about Arnie came back with a brace? Yeah, but then he got hurt in the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, but they, that was like very controversial. When he got subbed off, he was like going fucking ballistic on Pellegrini, and and then Pellegrini came out after and was just like, oh, he's like bullshit precaution or something. Yeah, but didn't he score? He scored in the FA Cup, didn't he? Right yeah, away. Yeah, he scored immediately. Yeah. yeah, and their their fixtures are getting a little bit tougher, but I don't know. He's he's under seven million, and I know. That price bracket outside of Rashford's really slim pickings. I mean, I know you know Jimenez. Jimenez is a good pick, obviously. He'll he'll tick, but I don't know. Arnie Arnie's always a, a fun fun diff. Yeah, I they have like a uh, tough four game week window, but long term their fixtures are still really really good. We talked about that with with Felipe Anderson like two pods ago, but yeah, I mean it's a tough one to rank these forwards. I, I mean, we both agree that Rash is the number one non premium forward, and then there's kind of. Arnie Callum looked back into form. Jimenez is just taking. Ings is now injured, so he's kind of out of the conversation. But that's 
those are probably the main guys, and then there's even like fringe guys, Smashly, and just yeah, other Burnley. randos. People are starting to talk about Burnley strikers. I'm like, what? What year is this? What yeah, like I'm, I, I've had my good times with Smashly Barnes, but I need, I need to see a little bit more from Burnley before I'm going there over yeah. like Jimenez or something, but. But it's and, nice to just have Arnie's name back in consideration because nice. it has been such slim pickings. I mean, rank wise, I would probably go one Jimenez, two uh, Arnie, three Wilson. Just looking at the fixtures and kind of whatever. But I don't know. Just saying, Arnie's Arnie's a guy. Yeah, Jimenez is still so consistent and so good, and he's getting away. You know, he has away city this week, so getting that out of the way is nice, and he'll just tick. And wolves are good, and that'll happen. But if Arnie can stay any percent fit and start all these games, I definitely back him to score outscore Jimenez when he's fit. Yeah, yeah. easily, easily. Like he has braces regularly in him. We've seen that. So yeah, I'm very interested in Arnie. I mean, I still honestly have Mitro and Fulham suck, and they barely look like they're going to score more than one goal ever. His stats are still incredible. Like I still don't feel that bad holding Mitro, even though he's blank for if, uh, forever. Other than Huddersfield in game week twenty, I still feel like he's gonna kind of just tick, and that's not like a pressing need in my squad. I could not disagree more. I think that's an urgent transfer out. He's someone I would never want to rely on starting the way that Ranieri sets up. Okay. I don't really care what the stats say. I mean, I think I've watched. Almost every Fulham game since yeah, they've he been switched on to the back TV five, a lot, yeah. and they just don't attack. So I think that's just a diabolical pick, especially when you could save a couple shackles going to Jimenez. I would want Wilson over him. I would want probably a Burnley striker over him. He is so far down on that pecking order wow. to me. I, I would I would be nowhere near. Yeah, he's not that far from me. I mean, yeah. there was no defending at all. Obviously, when you play against Arsenal, there's going to be very little yeah. defending from either he, team. But he, but they also didn't have Chambo. He was playing like a dead rotated squad. I mean, they were just all sorts. They That's were an actually an mess. interesting point, though, that you just kind of brought up that it, you just reminded me because I had this like sort of like shower thought about this, but we have to take the last period, the last whatever it is, five gaming sort of with a little bit of grain of salt regarding the lower teams and how they played and even evaluating individual players. Like I think like Felipe Anderson and West Ham are a good case example. Like we know they're good, their last two games, they've been completely dead. And any team that's not really in the top six can't rotate, you know, like the top six can over the period. And people were dead. Like there were teams playing on two days rest, completely unchanged lineup. I mean, Everton too. We saw a huge dip in form from Everton. Didn't really look like scoring. It's Leicester or Brighton. Diabolical performances. I mean, and, they, yeah, and, they, and they didn't score. And they didn't score. And I think like, some percent of that, and I, it's really hard to know what percent of that, but some percent of that should go down to just these players are all dead and they're playing on two days rest for five game weeks straight or something like that. And I think that this little break, FA Cup, most most of the big FBL assets are getting rested on these mid-table to lower teams. And I think we'll see like a, a bounce back from the upper middle 
you know, the mid-table teams versus the lower teams. Does that make any sense? What I'm yeah, saying? no, it makes sense. I mean, like, I think the Wolves-Palace game was a good example of this. I mean, it, it had nil-nil written all over it, and neither team could do much until it was like 84th minute or something like that when we scored, and then we got a stoppage time goal or pen or whatever, but they were tired and they weren't attacking. But I, when we talk back to Mitrovic, I... He, they had several games in the back five before that where they weren't yeah, attacking yeah, yeah. when they were. And so, I mean, I think that is a different case. I mean, Mitrovic's one goal against Huddersfield and fucking Sabbath time was like pretty lucky. Um, I get your point that he's had some chances and his stats have been okay. But, you know, yeah, I, I think that's definitely, especially with Everton, you know, he, he rested Rich one game, then he rested Siggy the other game. Right. But in general, yeah, those, those mid table teams that don't have the squad and don't have the, the luxury of rotating, they definitely feel it for sure. Yeah. And I, cause I just thought of it because you mentioned that and everyone's getting rid of Rich Arnelson, everyone's getting rid of Felipe Anderson uh, and probably other guys that I'm not thinking of, but I still think they're totally fine. Like I think Everton's going to be fine. It'd be very surprising to me if they just, were awful all of a sudden. It makes kind of no sense. And same with West Ham. I mean, they've had two underwhelming matches. Arnie Brace just to equalize against Brighton, and they got done by Burnley the game, the week before. And I think they'll be fine as well. I think they're still like a pretty decent attacking team, pretty decent mid table team. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially like with Everton, a lot of people are getting nervous with Rich, but they're still like home Bournemouth at Southampton at Huddersfield next yeah. three, home Wolves at Watford. I mean, the next five games, it's it was kind of like an eight or so game week run for them, and they just put put up two zeros, which is obviously unfortunate for players people that own their attackers, but in really good fixtures. But yeah, I, I agree. I think holding holding those play holding the Everton assets till game week twenty seven is perfectly acceptable. I agree. I think Felipe's still fine, and they still have some pretty good fixtures. So. I think patience definitely theirs. It's, yeah, it's they should show. bounce back. Yeah, yeah. Um, whew, what else should we talk about? Um, kind of just general in, interested in a little defense talk, just because you know we're getting Trent back and Liverpool's fixtures are getting better, so obviously people are looking there. But I, I, I cannot remember a, a season since I've been playing the game where there have been no five point five million assets in the game. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird one, isn't it? It's very, very weird. There's, it's a, it's especially weird because there's Liverpool, City have been really bad keeping clean sheets. Who are usually you can rely on that. Chelsea have been good, so they're the other good team. And then the other top six teams are all really bad at keeping cleans, and none of them are really worth it. I mean, yeah, Cola's sort of worth it, but. You know, Spurs rotate their back four for fun and aren't very good at keeping clean sheets. And United's defense is diabolical, so that's usually where we find the five-five assets that are good. And there's just a huge void there. Yeah, it is a weird one. I, it, I think you nailed it on your wild card whenever that was, like eight-ish weeks ago. With like, you want one or two Liverpool guys. And then, like, Palace defense is, like, the fifth-best defense in the league. And Wolves defense is, like, the fourth or fifth-best defense in the league. And you you just go cheap from there. Yeah, the other thing that's really interesting this season that's very abnormal from seasons past is just the amount of sub-4 or 5 million defenders on teams that are, weird. Just, that are just kind of okay to rotate, and they're okay at home. Like I mean, we're talking about, like, the Bennetts. Bennett and Johnny, we have like Juan Bissaka started at four. I mean, Chambers has emerged. They've been good defensively the last five or so. Um, usually there's maybe two four million defenders in the game, sometimes only one in the entire game, let alone 
play, a player that is priced like that that you would ever want to start or ever want to have in a yeah, defensive usually rotation. Usually they're the worst player in your squad and it's they're like third Peltier. on your bench every single week. Yeah, like Peltier. Like that's yeah. the kind of four million guys yeah, that the yeah. game gives us. But somehow this season, I don't know if they either there were four or fives that dropped or there were just four millions that snuck under the radar that they mispriced. But usually, you know, they kind of err on the side of caution and price, you know, you see a team like, you know, Burrow the other year and every single defender on their team is just four or five. And then there's like Gibson at five. And this season they didn't do that. And there are a lot of, a lot of sub four or five million defenders. And like my defense right now, I, I have Digne Dean at five. And then I have four guys who are all under or four, two, four, two, four, two, and four, one. So and, fucking crazy. Yeah. That would just I mean, never, ever happen in seasons past. Yeah, even if they were all four or five guys, like I'm saving like a million there. And I mean, that's a, that is very. That's a thing. I mean, it's it's a reasonable. It's a shift because we haven't really seen it before. But it's just something to think about where you're putting your money in and playing around with it. Because we used to, you know, maybe not last season. Last season really was the year where where heavy defenses sort started to emerge. Yeah. But we used to go maybe one premium or one five five, and then four four fives, and we would rotate them for two spots. And we that were in the three norm. four three. That was the norm for three four years. Just every year, that's what everyone did. And this season, you can, that's still a viable tactic, but instead of having to spend four, five, or even maybe four, six, four, seven, you can spend four, two, four, three on those spots, and you're saving a lot of money. So just something to think about if you're wildcarding early or whatever, just playing around with, just make sure that you're keeping an eye on that bracket because it's, it's, there's a lot of value there. Yeah, I feel like they just made a lot of mistakes. Price, price wise, you mean? Price wise. I mean, yeah. Juan comes in at four, oh, I, like you said, usually they, they err on the side of caution. Like, Usually, if there's a guy who might be starting, he's four five. Yeah. And this year, Juan came in four zero. Everyone knew that he was probably going to be the starter and definitely the best right back at the club. And even like Bennett, like what is Bennett doing being priced at four zero? He's he was never not nailed. <laughs> like he came in, has been playing ninety since game week one. He starts four zero. It's, well, it's yeah. Well, very well, they. Weird. I, I guess I think Saiz played center back for them last year. Yeah, I they think got, they were maybe thinking he was their fourth center back. They got didn't Den know they were going to play. And shit. Yeah, Dendonker was supposed to maybe be there. They didn't know they were going to play three at the back. I mean, yeah. But either way, it's just it's an interesting one. And whether or not they got it wrong though for the game, I feel like it's good because I I don't oh, I fun. feel like we've we've never had more diversity in terms of price structure, team formation. Like there are a lot of options, which yeah. is really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's good. Yeah. All right. Um. Cool. Should we do some questions? Yeah. Um, Dodi Door on Twitter. Is there any reason to not just bin Kane to get Salah? Uh, I, I mean, again, I, I think it comes down to obviously getting Moen should be priority number one for anyone that's playing FPL and does not own Mo because the fixtures are great. He's playing at a position and they look like they're back to their best. Yeah. But um, if if that's you have to have other ways to find money to get to him than just Kane. So it depends on, you know, do you prefer OBS? Do you think that extra million is important? Who are you down? Who else could you downgrade? Kind of things like that. I still am of the mind that Kane is just gonna, he's just gonna tick even when Sun goes. You know, they have Erickson back, Ollie's back. You know, Kane was still returning reasonably well at the beginning of the season when Sun was not in the team. I mean, Kane, the last time Kane started and blanked was in game week 10. So how fucking I, ridiculous is that? I just don't know how yeah, no, much he'll you're. Tick. He'll tick. Yeah, like he's in a tick, and 
he's obviously not going to be value, quote unquote value at 12, right, right, five right. when you never captain him and he's, you know, he gets six or eight yeah. or th- like five, but, but he's going to point. Yeah. Points are points. I think that I feel more comfortable that he's in a score every game than someone like Hazard or, you know, maybe even someone like Aubameyang. So I just feel like Kane is not the place I would be wanting to make, make funds. So I, that's number one. Number two, if that's what you deem the way to get Mo, then yes, I would do that because I think Mo is the most important player in the game to own from game week, from game week twenty two probably onwards to the end of the season. Yeah, and I, I must agree with that. And I also want to pair that with another question, and I don't remember who wrote it on Slack, but someone wrote on Slack: Is Mo absolute necessity or you know some hyperbolic thing like that to get in this game week, or can it wait a week? It can always wait a week. I might even wait a week, and I'm a fucking Mo merchant. Um, You're not going to lose your season because a lot of people are going to captain him next week, and he might fucking hat trick. It's it would suck, but you're fine. It's better than like taking unnecessary hits and getting rid of guys that you don't want to get rid of. It it, you know you know calm down. Yeah, I mean, I for example, like if you're looking at a minus eight. To get Moen this week, I would probably bottle that yeah, and, either, and either save or look to take a minus four. But there are still some viable captain options outside of Mo this game week. And like you mentioned, you know, it can wait. It, it can always wait a week. I mean, at Brighton, Brighton's Brighton have been a fucking shambles this season. I don't know what they're up to, but you know, they're always reasonably at home, they're good at home. Good. Yeah, I still think they're going to get absolutely done. Probably like three, three at minimum. But yeah, I, I think you got to just kind of, you know, you got to just think about your squad. But yeah, I mean, the sooner the better. The sooner the better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Chad on Slack, if Chaz, Austin, FA, Charge, and Ings injury are out, do you rate Armstrong as an out-of-position differential for the upcoming Southampton fixtures? We need to get like Guy on the pod for this talk. Southampton, they do interest me, and I have liked the way they look going forward a lot, but they're another one where I kind of feel like they just totally lost their legs and kind of just played Chelsea for a draw, and... I'm excited to see them, but I'm not bringing anyone in yet. I I like Armstrong definitely the most of their midfield assets. I also think that at Leicester is an awful fixture for them. I would not yes. be in a hurry to bring any of their players in right now. I would love the extra game week to get the team sheet. Um, he did, I think I saw a quote of him kind of saying he was really trying to protect Armstrong. He missed one of those games. Um, yeah, he had, a, he had a knock or something in that yeah, FA but, Cup. Yeah. After Leicester, you know, home Everton, home Palace, at Burnley, home Cardiff. I mean, there could be points there. I, I definitely don't mind the Armstrong shot at all. He's he's priced really favorably, five one as cheap as chips, and I would have no problem starting him for those four games whatsoever. I mean, yeah. even at Arsenal, home Fulham, following that four, those are both good startable fixtures as well. So, yeah, I think Southampton are interesting. The the main other thing They're is interesting so is cheap all of their yeah, players. Yeah, all their players. I mean, the attack obviously Chaz Long. Like you, you don't want to get in there, but. Cedric back at 4-2 is interesting. I just don't think their defense is good, but they still have good fixtures. So at that price, you know, when, when you're looking at him against, like I have Kiko, and I never think that Watford are going to keep it clean. Their defense is fucking disgusting. And that's a straight swap I'm eyeing. If, if I can spare the transfer sometime in the next two game weeks, as something maybe I, I could try and do. But 
you know, when you have a 4-2 defender and you're starting them in fixtures like Home Palace or Home Cardiff, it doesn't really matter what team you're playing on, like that's good value. So I think that's an interesting spot. Yeah, especially at, at wing back is interesting yeah. too. Yeah. And Target has been really good. I don't know if Birdie's gonna come back in for him, but Target's been yeah. really good. Yeah, Target's a good show. I mean, even Redmond's been good under Ozenoodle and Ings will I'm be not, back I'm, in three ish weeks. Hoiberg will be back next week. Like they have guys that are sort of worth owning and worth keeping an eye on all over the yeah. place. I mean, I would never take Redmond over Armstrong. I don't care what his returns or his stats say, but yeah. <laughs> I still have the Redmond bracing in like game week 36 for Norwich three seasons ago. I'd still have that vibe in my head, so it's great. Um, DJ Freak on Slack. We kind of just answered this, but if you're an idiot like me who doesn't have Salah or City Attack, which is more important to get first, and they're both important to get. Yeah, but it's definitely Mo. It's definitely Mo. But yeah, I'd be angling for both. And the main thing why, for me anyway, that I'm emphasizing most so much over any other player is just the captaincy. I mean, he's going to be yeah, captain by why. he's going to be captain by almost everyone. The fixtures are so good for so long, and that's the kind of thing you know. A single pop of Raz scoring twelve is not going to hurt you as much as a single pop of Mo scoring twelve because it's twenty four. So that's yep. that's what you got to keep in mind. Yep. This guy's must be new or something. Zooms Wanger on Slack. Best calls and worst regrets over the Christmas period. Um, reflection, right. reflection time. That's a tough one. I mean, um, we both brought Sun in before the Christmas Christmas period, but we both brought Sun in like right as his explosion was starting. So that was a great job by us. Yeah, I think I got him in game week fourteen. Yeah, and holding our, holding our city now feels really good. You know, we had we rode the blanks for a bit, and they. Had their bad, you know, whatever their bad form in and out of bad form, and now it seems like everyone's clamoring to like get rid of Has and get rid of other guys to get City guys back in. We still have our City guys. Yeah, that's good. I mean, Rashford's been great for you. You brought him in. Yeah, Rashford's been great for me. And I mean, Rondon has been fucking stud for me. He's such a such a tick monster. He's so good. And I mean, I still think that my my call this excuse me. I'm having one of my worst seasons. I've never been outside of the top 100K for this long since I've started playing the game. But my call of the season was definitely going absolute cheap as chips in defense. It's it's been oh, yeah. it's, it's fantastic. Been so good for me. So I'm I'm happy. I'm still there. Um, I mean, I definitely am looking to try and figure out how to get Trent in. I'm not sure if I'm going to do any type of shift at some point soon. But after I get Mo in, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of look at everything and, and reassess. But yeah. I think overall, though, I feel like we did pretty well over Christmas period. I mean, the bench. I had a, I've had a pretty decent bench for a while, and that's been really nice. I've had to, I've had actual points off the bench for the first time in a while, so I'm pretty good. Yeah, I had a nice like Schindler minus three on the bench this week, looking yeah, good. There you, hey, I mean, you you didn't need him, so that didn't was a good time him. for it to come. Leave him on the I bench. Mean, Kane also. I mean, I yeah, Kane. You were like you Kane. were the most like reluctant and hating of Kane of life when you did not own him when I owned him for a and little then spell I and then you bought. Yep. And then you know it's it's not like sexy or you know whatever, but he's just. He's just been returning every fucking start, like I mentioned. So that's been a good call too. I mean, people people have been getting him in, so so that's been good. So, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Jacob in on Slack. Should a change in team structure from three four three to three five two, for example, be mainly influenced by the form of the heavy hitters, or is it better to look at any players in form and be more fluid in for what formation you put out week to week? Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, really that question is your third striker and your fifth midfielder? Yeah, and how much you should, or or like fourth defender, I guess. Like if you should be looking for a flexible formation or not. They're both they're both right. Yeah, I don't I think, think either formation is right and the other one's wrong. That that doesn't exist. I think it in terms of the heavy hitters, I mean those should be the staples, so yes. that wouldn't affect how you're rotating form form formation wise week to week. It would be your fringe, like your last midfielder, your last defender, your last blah blah blah. So I think what's more important when you're looking at that and your team is kind of really looking at the rotation and planning it well because you know, if you have, if you're a fifth midfielder and your third striker, you're rotating one spot for them and they both rotate poorly, as in they have good fixtures together and bad fixtures together, and that's a bad job. You don't want that. So I think it's, you got to just kind of look at, okay, I'm going to be rotating either my, you know, my fourth and fifth defender, my, my third, my third striker, my fifth midfielder. Just look at the fixtures and find someone on a team who rotates well. Cause those are players that, like, you know, we mentioned, with the premium assets, they can return against anyone. So the fixtures, yes, they matter, but not really because they're still going to have sixty percent possession. They're still going to be done. Like you know, if they're home yeah, Wolves yeah, or yeah. if they're home Cardiff, you know that, that those are still good fixtures. But you know, when you're looking at someone like Dale Lafayu, for example, if they're at Spurs or they're at Everton, like those are very different games, and you feel more confident that the blank's going to come against the top four side. So you know that makes rotating attackers, you know, a thing that you can do when they're playing on these types of mid to low table teams. I think so. Yeah, but for me, honestly, I I don't like that. Like, just my personal opinion, or not even opinion, just my personal how I like to play the game. Like, I I don't like like benching Jimenez. Like, you can bench Jimenez, and Wolves' attack is certainly not great or anything. But I would prefer to have someone like Jimenez and a Cheap fifth midfielder than to have like Delafeu and Jimenez. Just uh, just throwing two names out there. I don't know if they rotate to like switch on and off. Who's like home in a good fixture or whatever. I like to me if if a player is worth benching sometimes, then I'm like I'm eyeing to transfer them out. I, I'm not talking about defense at all. I should say I'm talking about attackers. Like if I own someone that I'm comfortable benching in like a not that great fixture in my attack, then I don't want them at all. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense for sure. I, I, I hear that. I, that's usually how I play too. I mean, this is for, for my team, for example. I have Rondon, De Lefeo, and Jimenez, and I'm rotating two spots for the three of them pretty much. And I liked ha- I liked having kind of those three decent yeah. options during the Christmas period, but now that it's changing is kind of why I was mentioning earlier. I'm going to kind of take a look and see what am I going to do. Like, when there's a week off between every every game week, it, it usually I, I prefer as well. You know, have that four or five forward or four 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 or five uh, mid, fifth midfielder and just put them first on the bench every game week. Or if it's the forward, probably last on the bench, play a defender ahead of them because you know you in general want to put your money on the pitch. The more expensive players are better than cheap players by and large. So yeah, yeah. When there's you know again it's just when there's a week off and you know you're eleven each week and you don't have any crazy rotation shouts or. Surprise team sheets, then it, it makes it a lot easier, I think. Yeah, I agree. And Champions yeah. League is still over a month away, so yeah, even yeah. the top team should be pretty steady. Um, anything else to talk about, or should we should we move on? No, I, I think we hit hit a bunch of good stuff. Yeah, okay, let's go on. Um, so, who are you looking at for cap? I mean, it's obviously Mo. Is if you have Mo, you, you cap him. That's yes. that's for sure. But what what do you think about the City Home Wolves? What do you, do you think there's I don't know. And Wolves I don't, I don't, are 
tough and haven't really gotten battered all season. That said, I would feel pretty comfortable captaining Raz. Yeah, it's hard to even, imagine even they won't Kuhn, score two. Even Kuhn. Yeah, they'll they'll probably score two. Yeah, it's just minimum two, probably. I think it, the only thing with Wolves, it's kind of. I think it was coming up a game week or two game weeks ago when Wolves were playing someone and people were captaining. Let me see. Liverpool against Liverpool. no the Tot- Tottenham game. Oh, Tottenham when game. when it was Kane and Kane got ridiculously lucky to get points in that game, but. We have we just have too many we have too large of a sample size right now from Wolves to think that like that's a good home fixture for a top four it's side. Definitely it is not, not. It is good. not. It is not good. Um, I would probably captain Aubameyang would be my second option. Um, I think yeah. West Ham defense is that bad. Yeah. Even though they're away, um, I think they could probably put four in that game. I assume it will be open because West Ham defense is, is diabolical. But behind him, then I guess I mean there really isn't anywhere to go besides. What do you City. think about Kane and Son? Kane, yeah, I, I I do expect goals like a two two three two type game, but it's always a tough predict. It's always a tough one to predict like a top four side when they play another top four side. You know, sometimes those games are just like nightmare played in the middle third. Yeah, what I was gonna no say passing is passing like, lanes. Yeah, I based on their individual defenders. I expect goals, but that's only based off of like personnel. We really have absolutely no idea. I mean, OGS and United have not been tested in the slightest by anyone who's can score more than one goal. Any of the teams they just played is, are they going to play as attacking and like free flowing and Paul going to be in the final third all game? If so, then I expect Spurs to score like four. But if, you know, they're sitting a little bit deeper. The wingers help in defense and Paul has to track back and stuff. Who knows? I'm, it's one of the hardest games to ever try and predict because there's a new manager who's never played and who's never managed a big game. So yeah, I, I, I don't know where to go there, but I'd be nervous capping anyone in that game. I think. Yeah. I, I think you're. I'm in the same boat with you. Just looking at the names of the defenders that Man United yeah. have, especially center back, the way they played, it's just that's what I'm kind of hanging my hat on. Of yeah, why their fullbacks are terrible score. and their center backs are terrible. Yeah. So, so I mean, they're obviously going to go with Mata, Herrera, Paul in midfield three. So you know, I expect he'll put Lingard back up. Probably the same team he played a couple weeks ago with Lingard, uh, Martial, and I mean, hopefully Martial. It could be Alexis, I guess, and and Rashford up top. So I mean, it's going to depend on how the game's going. But you know, I, I I could see the game being played in midfield in the mid, middle third. Yeah, I could I could see three three. I could see nil nil. Like we we just have no idea. It must be said also. I think United need the points way more than Spurs. I mean, Spurs yeah, are home. Usually that means they're the aggressors, but. Spurs would be totally fine with the draw. Like they're pretty comfy right now in top four, and they're just chilling. United need points. They're trying to gain ground and make statements. So I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, before we move on, I think there must it must be said that Spurs defense also fills me with absolutely zero confidence. I mean, they have one of the worst goalies in the division. I, fucking Toby's been all out of sorts. I think Davinson Sanchez is a nightmare. He has red cards and and pen challenges in him every every ninety he plays. So I don't think that they're stout by any means either. So you know, it's it's going to be a fun game uh, for really me. For Spurs, for me, for Spurs, it's also at the midfield or more midfield more than the defenders. Even for Spurs, like yeah, no doubt they're going to be down. running out like Winks and Sissoko. That yeah, they could get they could get bullied. Yeah, that's not a midfield that's intercepting lots of passes and making lots of tackles or anything yeah. like that. So I don't know. I yeah. almost feel like both teams are going to try and play on the counter, and it's going to be. 
It'll be a weird one because of a that. weird nothingness, <laughs> unless someone breaks through early or something yeah. like that. I, I back United to win that game. Yeah, it's it's. I have no idea what's going to happen yeah. in that game. If, if I if I if I was wagering this game, I would back a United win win to one, maybe. maybe really, like I one, think Spurs are better. One. Yeah, I, I three know. one. I, holy shit! I don't think they. I don't think they can cope. I don't think they can handle it. Damn. Yeah. The horses are free. You're saying? Honestly, the. The style that Man United have been playing once they get the ball into the op- op- opponent's half of just interchanging, everyone blazing about, moving laterally, switching positions, it's a lot to deal with. And I think Spurs' defense is fucking awful. So I don't think yeah. that they're going to be able to figure I mean, it out. Yeah, I can I, see I think it. I, I just think, think Spurs are better. I think they better. can run circles around them. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and our team. So what are you looking at? Are you bringing in Mo this week? Yeah, so I did my move. I didn't do lambs last week. I was just my head was so far up my ass. I was bugging out so hard. My my so wife hard. bought me a my wife bought me a smoker for Christmas, and I was making two huge racks of ribs for people we were having over, and it, it took me eight hours to make them. So oh I was just like freaking out about how to like get the temperature right and all this shit. Yeah, so I just yeah, couldn't yeah. I couldn't sit down for a half an hour to do lambs. But I brought in uh, Dale Lefe- Dale Feo and Bennett for. Someone for two other guys, I don't remember. But Fernandez I, and Kev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fernandez and Kev. And I freed up four point eight million in the bank, Ooh. which gives me exacties to do Sun to Mo. So Mo is like really close to rising by today. It's Monday. So I might do that after the Liverpool game today. Um but uh, I'm I was also, I didn't even know Liverpool were playing today. That's how much we care about the FA Cup. Oh yeah, I mean, don't give a fuck. They could lose twenty to nothing. I wouldn't give a fuck. Yep. I just want to know if Mo dies or not. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm also like a little bit thinking of taking a hit and doing Martial to Mo, and maybe downgrading like Rondon. So you'd go like Rondon to Kamara and Martial. Yeah, to just Mo. To, it would sort of fix my positional money on the pitch type of an issue and then I could do, you know, Sun to Paul, something like that next week and and keep Sun for the United game because I don't want to get rid of Sun for any game he's going to start. He's fucking one of the best players in the league playing out of position. So, I'm not sure where I'm going to go yet. It's going to be one or the other. What do you what do yeah, you think about that? I mean, it's the four points is something. It's it's definitely, it's definitely not significant and I like the players in the hit obviously more than not but you're kind of leading you're segueing well into my transfer section where I could do a son Alonzo or son Felipe Anderson or something like that double move for minus four but I feel decent just saving sort of and having letting son run out one more match and then having more options and two frees next next week and for you, I I kind of feel similarly. I mean, it's like there's it, no way I'm saving when I could do Sun to Mo Captain for free. That's not on the cards. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's I just really, because if you did save and then you could do like Marshall Rondon and someone else for minus four and 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 make a bigger switch and one that you're maybe happier with. Seems if if better. if I had Obama Yang, I would consider it, but I don't yeah, want to. I, ca- I don't. Yeah. Ha- I don't have a captain. I don't want a captain right. against Wolves. I don't want a captain against Wolves, and I don't want a captain in the Spurs game. So that's that's yeah, that's a, big, a factor. That's a big consideration. That's a big me. consideration. So yeah, I don't know. On paper, I think I like your second move a lot more because I agree that spending like what is Rondon five seven or eight now. 
that's so. that's tough to swallow first on the bench for me, especially when Kamara's like starting and sometimes scores and he's not like yeah. that bad. Um, the only thing is, I I am as of right now starting Rondon at Chelsea and benching him and as at City. I mean, that's probably doesn't really matter. They're both yeah, that's six of one half a dozen the other. Yeah. But yeah, Jimenez is he's fine to start every week. I think he's yeah. like you saw in the Spurs game. He'll just do nothing and then get a chance. Um, Man, that's really hard to evaluate because the four points is is pretty significant. And it, mm-hmm. it the, another thing that it's beyond the four points. It also means next week you you don't have a free transfer because you have to do some, right? Which is always annoying. But Which I would really want to get I would want to get Paul, so I wouldn't feel too bad about that. You wouldn't feel too bad about that, but let's if someone gets injured or suspended yeah. or yeah, yeah, dropped, yeah. then you feel really bad about it. Yeah. So yeah. for that reason, I would probably just do some tomorrow. Yeah, that that's sort of where I'm leaning. It just feels a little bit safer, but it's like you're sa- you're like sort of saving a transfer and four points. Like that's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. You're right. You're right. So I'll, I'll probably do that. I'll I have to I have to I'm gonna check very closely the price changes and see if I have to do that today because I wish I had point one buffer. It's so annoying because there are still more games. There are games tomorrow and and on Wednesday. But yeah, the Carabao Cup, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you're you're thinking about saving and waiting? I'm a thinking week and, about it. I mean, I have one free. Sun out gives me 11.3. So no matter what, if I get mowing for Sun, I have to take a hit, whether it's Alonzo, Felipe Anderson, Rich, whatever I do. And I just, a hit is a lot, and I just don't know. And I would love another data point on like Richardson and Felipe Anderson, and even Alonzo, to be honest. Um, and they all have good fixtures this week. You know, Chelsea's home, Newcastle, West Ham is home, Arsenal. Terrible defense. That's a good fixture. And Everton's home, Bournemouth. I mean, I I want all of these guys starting, and I want Son every week that he plays too. So Mo is definitely the best cab, and I agree with you. He's the most important player in the game to get in ASAP. But like, I'm transferring out two of four really good assets this week for a hit. Just doesn't seem good to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's so hard to evaluate. Like that's yeah. I, I don't. Things. I don't hate saving. I mean, when you put it when you're looking at the fixtures that you guys have, that you would be having to force, you would forcibly need to take out. It's it makes it tougher. Yeah, like that's that's not a good hit. I mean, a hit in nature is questionable just because you're you're banking on like predicting one week basically instead of just saving and getting him next week for free. And it's you know. The main difference with this one is that you're hitting in a captain, and a captain. it depends how much better you view that captain pick than what you're looking at on your team. Right, and I and I agree with you there, and I think Obbs is a really fucking good captain. Yeah, so for those reasons, maybe saving. Yeah, I think I'm leaning towards saving, even though I'll lose more value and whatever. I just think I'm transferring out for a hit, I'm transferring out really good shouts to return points and I don't really like doing that. Ugh. I hope I hope both of our cap- I hope Mo and Obs both do well for next pod's sake because that's going to be a 
rough one if it goes the other way. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's okay, yeah. though. It, it'll feel not as bad because I completely brought it on myself and made the wrong call. You know what I mean? Versus yeah, like yeah. I mean, it's, a re- you're, it's the reasoning and the logic is there for sure. Yeah, I mean, also another thing is like if I, I mean, I started the pod with this, but if I decide that I want to keep Alonzo, like let's say West Ham and Everton are just duds again and I feel really bad about running them, like having two frees next week, Let's me make a triple move for minus four so I can maybe downgrade one of the midfielders and not have it be like a complete piece of shit spot if I make it a triple move instead. Yeah. So I want that flexibility also of potentially keeping Alonzo because if I was going to do it this week, it would kind of have to be Alonzo because otherwise I'm getting in like fucking Stewie Armstrong and I just feel bad about my life. So yeah, I think I'm going to lean towards saving. Could, could you do Alonzo to Trent and have enough money or no? Um, let's try it out right now, folks. Five one. No, I would. I'd be point six short. Yeah, so I'd really have to go to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably someone go to like Juan. Yeah, Juan. Someone four or five. Yeah, four, so okay. it's okay. you know it's pretty extreme. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, tough, 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 tough. Um, and and a lot of games to still pay attention to this week. So we'll see. Um, bunch of new Patreon patron friends this week. Desperately, all of them need their asses slapped. Um, good job by you getting in for the cup. Good job, everyone. Anthony Lamartial, good uh, friend of a friend, gifting uh, subscription there. Yui Viet Win, don't know how to say your first name. Sorry about that. Bendik Agersberg, Erickson, Vinay Moturi, Jack Healy. Kai Young Lung, Spurs Merchant, Adam Wozencroft, Alistair McDonald Fraser, Funk Star, Vidar Lian Admundsen, JJ Franklin, Frederick, no last name, Nikolai Hundvat, Phil Solarski, and Lou Gutierrez. All of you, welcome. Thank you so much for uh, signing up. I'll be back to putting out behind the scenes regularly now that we have like more than two days in between every game week and I have time, so that'll be good. Um, anything else we're going to talk about or should we get out of here? No, that's it. <coughs> Check us out at fmofield.com. Follow on Twitter at fmofieldsports, patreon.com. Such a Sports Social Podcast Network.